There are three big problems with used vehicle appraisals. One, manually sifting through comp vehicles. Two, old book values and ghost comps. Three, no recon visibility. You can solve them all with AutoVision. Now available from Reynolds and Reynolds. Learn more at reyrey.com slash used cars. That's R-E-Y, R-E-Y dot com slash used dash cars. Want to dive deeper into the topics you hear about on Daily Drive? We're offering listeners a special offer, 20% off a one-year automotive news digital subscription. That gets you access to all of our news, information, and analysis made for automotive industry leaders like you. Go to autonews.com slash daily drive promo to redeem. Welcome to Daily Drive for Wednesday, February 14th, 2024. I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News in Detroit. And I'm Kellen Walker in Las Vegas. Today on the show, it's not just speculation anymore. BYD is planning a factory in Mexico. AutoNation reports $7 million in executive severance costs. And Lithia reports record revenue, but not enough to avoid shrinking profits. Plus, Kerrigan Advisors Managing Director Aaron Kerrigan joins the show to talk about the direction dealership valuations are taking so far in 2024. We really, as a firm, want to make sure we understand what dealers think is driving their earnings because ultimately what determines valuation is what a buyer expects they will earn when yep. they buy a, a dealership. And so it's really important for us to understand where the winds are blowing in that regard. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. China's BYD will set up a new electric vehicle factory in Mexico. That's according to a report from Japan's Nikkei news outlet, citing the company's Mexico head. The move comes as the EV maker aims to establish an export hub to the United States. BYD is known for less expensive models and a more varied product lineup. It recently overtook Tesla, its biggest rival, to become the world's top EV maker ranked by sales. Well, at least that's on a quarterly basis. Uh, BYD won in the fourth quarter for the first time, looks to have the momentum for 2024. But just for the record, as of 2023, Tesla was still number one. According to the Nikkei report, BYD has launched a feasibility study for the Mexican plant. Now it's negotiating with officials over terms, including the factory's location. Yesterday, we told you that AutoNation's net income dropped 25% in the fourth quarter. Also on that earnings report, AutoNation said it also had $7 million in severance expenses during the fourth quarter to apparently cover eliminating at least some of the company's regional executives. AutoNation did not say how many jobs it eliminated. It would not comment further on the staff reductions. In a statement to us at Automotive News, the company said it made the moves to boost efficiency. Meanwhile, AutoNation's biggest rival, Lithia Motors, saw its net income slip 13% from a year earlier to $216 million. But it reached a record $7.7 billion in revenue during the fourth quarter. The nation's largest public dealership group said it incurred acquisition expenses, an investment loss, and a net loss tied to selling stores, Lithia did not add any stores during the quarter, but it laid the groundwork to purchase the UK's Pendragon Group during that time. The deal ultimately closed on January 31st. And Rivian has named Jennifer Prenner as its new chief marketing officer. The hire comes as the EV startup prepares for a major expansion phase. Other executives from tech companies and the auto industry have recently joined Rivian, 
including former execs from Apple and Porsche. Prenner comes from Facebook's parent company, Meta. She served as the company's vice president of global marketing with responsibility for its portfolio of virtual reality and augmented reality products. Prior to her three-year stint at Meta, Prenner was Amazon's global head of marketing, growth, and customer engagement for the company's Fire TV business. And those are today's headlines. Jamie, BYD setting up an EV factory in Mexico. I'd like you to look into your crystal ball. And is the final play here to export to the U.S. or BYD export to other markets? Look, the U.S. has to be the target for uh, for any company, really. It's still the most lucrative market in the world. You know, China sells like 30 million vehicles a year, uh, almost double, about double what the U.S. does. But the amount of money spent in the U.S. is greater. So that's really, you know, the best pool of consumers in the world is here in the U.S. That said, there could be challenges, right? It's a uh, pretty unlikely that BYD, even with a North American plant, would be able to qualify for tax credits under the Inflation Reduction Act. Basically, as a Chinese company, it's sort of a foreign entity of concern itself. There could be ways around that. We'll see how it all takes shape. There's also a risk that, you know, Congress or the White House decides to put limits on vehicles sold in the U.S. by Chinese companies. So, you know, with the state of trade tensions between the two nations, it's really hard to see the, the crystal balls murky there. But I'll tell you what, I'm very confident that this investment has good opportunity to succeed. Even if they can't sell into the U.S., Mexico has like 50 trade agreements, including with the European Union. So that covers a lot of countries. They can export to Central America. They can export to South America. They can export to Europe. A lot of options for a plant in Mexico gives them a little more geographic distribution, a little different labor pool, and still the chance to reach a lot of consumers. That's interesting. And I think, Jamie, we're going to be talking more about this this weekend on our episode of uh, The Weekend Drive. Uh, coming up, Erin Kerrigan joins us to talk about how her company, Kerrigan Advisors, views the state of dealership buy sales in 2024. That's next on Daily Drive. Data is the backbone of your used vehicle department, but finding the right data and using it to build accurate comp sets can be difficult. How often do you find yourself making manual adjustments to pricing recommendations? Reynolds' newest inventory management solution, AutoVision, can help. Jose Mendoza, general manager at San Leandro Honda, explains how AutoVision sets his business apart. Everybody's going on third-party vendor sites to see what they're priced at out there. Everybody's uh, looking at auction data. Everybody's looking at transaction data, if you can get it. So the only thing that, that, that really is going to make it different for you is what you're selling them at. So I, I think you have to weigh that a little bit heavier than you do everything else. It doesn't matter if the market says you can sell this car for $30,000 if the last three you've sold have been at 27. We have reports set up through our DMS, through, through Reynolds and & Reynolds, and through AutoVision, which is what we use for our uh, used cars. And, and we have reports set up in those. And it's something that, that I think is, is important to constantly be talking about and constantly be, be going over. AutoVision can help you run your used vehicle department with precise comp sets, real-time inventory data, and reconditioning insights. Visit rayray.com slash used dash cars to find out more. 
That's reyrey.com slash used dash cars. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. We've been talking a lot lately about retail earnings at the end of last year. So far, expectations that the market is beginning to fall back down to earth seem to be right on. And that has big implications for the dealership buy-sell market here in early 2024. Aaron Kerrigan is the managing director of dealership buy-sell advisory firm Kerrigan Advisors. I caught up with her at the 2024 NADA show in Las Vegas. Aaron Kerrigan, welcome to Daily Drive here at the Automotive News booth at the NADA show in Las Vegas. Thank you, Jamie, for having me. It's great to have you here. I'm wondering, what is your message or your mission for this NADA show? Well, besides making it through and not <laughs> not not having swollen feet, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, my, my, my mission is really to get a sense as to where dealers think earnings are headed in 2024 because it is so important for determining valuation and as you know we write the blue sky report which i have been told more than once this nada is it's they consider it the bible which is kind of a big uh, reference point for valuation so we really as a firm want to make sure we understand what dealers think is driving their earnings because ultimately what determines valuation is what a buyer expects they will earn when they buy a a dealership and so it's really important for us to understand where the winds are blowing in that regard can you share a little of what you're hearing i mean i assume we're talking about margin compression on the new side for sure but there's a lot more to the business than that well it, it is a balancing act because certainly margins are coming down on on the front end for new However, volumes are coming up. And then you also have fixed operations. The highest margin business segment for dealers is been growing at a nice 10% clip. So there are all these counterbalancing impacts to the bottom line because we also have fewer employees operating the dealerships. However, those employees are commanding more compensation. So all in all, what I'm hearing in the large part is we're not going to retain the level that we had at the peak of the pandemic earnings in terms of net to sales, but we're probably not going all the way back down to pre-pandemic, probably somewhere a little bit above that. Mm-hmm. Not quite halfway between top and bottom, but uh, not quite at the 19 net probably, to sales. So they've gained some, uh, some efficiency, operating efficiency. Some efficiencies, through, yeah. yeah. If we were at two, two and a half percent pre-pandemic net to sales, we're probably going to end up somewhere around three, three and a half is, is the hope. And I, that's what I hope for. Okay. At least. <laughs> so in light of that, how should buyers and sellers in the market kind of be thinking about valuations if they're getting in negotiations for a deal? Is How do, how do you weigh all that? How should they... It's a really good question. So we saw last year that the first half of 23 was quite different than the second half of 23. We believe that the second half of 23 is more likely the new normal. And that is in that more three, three and a half percent net to sales. So in terms of valuation, I think realistically looking towards the second half of 23 in terms of projected earnings, and that's what your business is probably going to be valued based Mm. upon 
is the right way to think about it, which really effectively eliminates those go-go years of 2021, 20, 22. Yeah. You know, I always say to folks, you know, it's wonderful that we all got them. Yeah. They're probably not going to drive the valuation though. Right. In your third quarter Blue Sky report, you reported that the number of, I want to get this right, the percentage of dealers uh, looking to sell tripled last year, increased by 202%. Is that right? Yes. So we do a annual survey. It's our fifth annual Carrion Dealer Survey. We are very fortunate because we have a very detailed and robust database. Uh, we had over 650 dealers respond. That's one of the highest of any mm -hmm. one in the industry. And so it's a very good survey in terms of data set. Mm -hmm. And what we saw is that very few dealers are looking to sell. Respondents say they're looking to sell. Almost the majority want to buy. However, the change from 2022 uh, to 23 was 200%. So it went from, let's say, roughly 1% of dealers saying they want to sell to three. Three. Yeah. Exactly. So, and we think that trend line is indicative of what we're seeing. And that's the reason we saw a record level of buy sell activity last year is because. We've had tremendous buyer demand. We just haven't had much supply. And as the supply grew, right. the demand was met. And we expect 24 will continue to be that situation because there is still so much capital sitting on the sidelines that dealers have accumulated mm -hmm. from three record years of, I mean, true record years of more than three times the amount of earnings that they right. had in pre-pandemic periods. So all that capital dealers for the most part want to redeploy it into the industry they know and love. And so we do think that as we do see more sellers come to market because they want to capture the valuations before they might go down, right? they're going to be met with well, buyers. And I wonder, there were maybe some who were thinking about selling a few years ago, maybe thinking about getting into the market five years ago, and then the pandemic hit. And shortly after that, profits went so high, they said, well, hey, Let's just wait, ride this out as long as we can. And now that things are getting more normal, it's okay. Let's go back to that thinking from five years ago and maybe start thinking about exiting because we already made so much money these last few years. Well, those dealers are really happy they didn't exit in 19 because <laughs> that would have been a hugely missed opportunity. And so you're exactly right. So there's certainly dealers that were thinking about it. Pandemic hit, they made more money than they could have ever imagined. And now they are reconsidering. The hard part is, is, and I think for the most part, dealers understand this, their valuation is not going to be based off of the 22 record right. earnings. However, knowing that, sometimes it's hard to accept the valuation when you look at as a multiple of your 22 earnings, it's a pretty small multiple. Right. So folks have to get to a rationalization with where valuations are and be comfortable with it. And in our experience, it really is just a very personal decision. Absolutely. And it's usually a family decision. Right. And they're hard decisions. I mean, Jimmy Coons of the Coons Automotive Group will say publicly, I mean, he cried multiple times throughout the process. It's a very emotional process to, to sell these businesses because in my experience, Dealers put their heart and soul into these businesses, and they really do consider their their dealerships like a family, and it's hard. It's very yep. hard transition, 
usually it's the right decision for the family for and for their estate. Mm -hmm. But sometimes doing the right thing's hard. Yeah, especially when your identity is so tied up in it, as, as it naturally is. A lot of these have the principal's name on it, right? That's of course, exactly it's, uh, right. it represents who they are. That's yeah. exactly right. So turning from the emotional to the purely financial, what's going on with the sale and leaseback sort of transactions? Are you seeing more action there? Do you expect some? So it's super interesting. I mean, we did some analysis in our most recent Blue Sky report. We looked at the cap rate. The cap rate is the rental rate that real estate is, is leased at. And, and so, you know, that's hovered around 7% for a very long time. Even when interest rates went down to zero, it was still around seven, six and a half, seven percent. Now interest rates are at an eighteen-year high, and yet the cap rate remains around seven percent. Mm. So that was what is interesting to us: is that the spread between the cap rate, which is seven percent, is seven percent of the of the value of the property. That's the the rental rate. The cap rate spread is as narrow as we've ever seen it. Whereas the mortgage rates have spiked tremendously. Right. So economically, the decision to lease versus buy mm -hmm. is actually economically, it's more attractive to lease. Now, that being said, all dealers need to have a path to ownership of their real estate in our experience because when a buyer needs to know that they control their destiny in that property because the franchise is so tied to the location. Right. However, as a, as a financing mechanism, the idea of leasing instead of buying is making more and more economic sense today than it has historically. Interesting stuff. Aaron Kerrigan is founder and managing director of Kerrigan Advisors. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much, Jamie. Have a great rest of the convention. You too. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News Coordinating Producer Jake Neer, as well as our own Mark Homer, John Hutter, and Lawrence Iliff for their reporting for today's podcast. You can get the latest news on dealership buy-sells, BYD's plans to plant a flag in North America, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Come back tomorrow for my conversation with Reynolds & Reynolds President Chris Walsh about how dealerships can benefit from new tech such as AI. Think about someone calling in that maybe says things like, you know, I'm ready to buy, or I'm close to buy, or I had a really bad experience in your service department yesterday, that I'm very upset. Those kinds of, you know, words that, that we can capture can give a sales manager or a general manager an idea of who do I need to talk to. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.